So today we're continuing a series called Living a Meaningful Life. I don't know about you, but I want to live a meaningful life. A life that's not meaningful is it's painful. It's painful. And so I'm going to ask this question at the beginning. What are you doing today that makes your life worth living? What are you doing today that makes your life meaningful? And there's another, you know, what I'm really asking is this. What are you doing today that makes life worth living in spite of your pain? In spite of all your pain, in spite of all your sorrow and your struggles and problems and difficulties and things that have happened to you throughout your life, maybe when you were a child, somebody did something to you, maybe it's mistakes that you made, maybe it's the sin that you committed that seems to have just stopped you and and stunted you and, and kept you from moving forward, maybe it was your decisions, but what are you doing today that makes your life so meaningful that that pain has been, become obsolete in your life. You see, you can live such a meaningful life. You can live with so much purpose in your life that the pain and suffering in your life is no longer relevant. In fact, God can take all of that and begin to make it something that is, that is worthwhile. He can turn it into something that is actually good and something beautiful. The reality of life is it's work. Haven't you found that out? Life is hard. The grass keeps growing. You got to keep mowing, right? Life is hard. It's difficult. You win, you win once, you lose 10 times. You, you, lose, you lose one pound, you gain 10, right? It's just the way it works. That's life. You finally get your teeth fixed and now your back is out. It's life. Notwithstanding how difficult love and marriage and children and, and relationships, we've got all kinds of things to maintain in our lives. And then to top it off, we've got death to deal with. Life. There's a lot of pain and a lot of struggle. The only, now this is important, the only real problem we face in this life is not living a life with purpose and meaning that outweighs pain. Let that sink in. In this world, in this flesh, the only real problem that we face is not living a life of, of, of purpose and meaning enough that outweighs our pain. Now, if you had financial stability without work and accountability, what would you be doing with your life? Imagine if you were able to just game 24-7 and no accountability, just sit there and, and do some gaming. That would be horrible for me, but some of you would really enjoy that. Right, Tyson? Some <laughs> or imagine if, you know, you didn't have to work. You had plenty of money and you could go and you could just sit on a beach somewhere and just, ah, 24-7, as long as you wanted, no, no accountability, nothing going on with your life. And, and the question then is, would that be enough pleasure to override the pain of this life? Would that be enough pleasure to enjoy yourself so much that the pain of this life wouldn't matter, that it would, that it would, be, that it would dissipate? Would that be enough? How far 
would you have to travel and how long would you have to travel to all these different places in the world and go enjoy yourself in all these different places of the world? How, how far would you have to travel before you realize, oh man, this is all the same. The people are the same. Even though they speak a different language, they have a different culture. It's just people. It's people. And this is the planet. This is the same planet. Yes, there's different animals here, but it's just the same planet. Everything's the same. How far would you have to travel? How many miles would you have to go and how much time would you have to spend before you realize... It's all the same. Would that make your life worth living? To be able to travel like that. So here's the question. What are you doing today that makes your life worth living beyond your pain and beyond your heartache and beyond your struggles? So then we get to this next question. What could you do today? that makes your life worth living? What could you do today? Not tomorrow. Today. What could you do today that would be meaningful for your life, that would override your pain and struggles? Now listen, I don't, I'm not going to say this as, uh, as a pessimist. I'm, in fact, it's just the opposite. Because here's reality. At some point, life is going to wallop you. James David and I were playing racquetball yesterday, and he walloped me with a ball right in my ear. That thing came at me like 200 miles an hour, and my ear, I'm surprised, is not just, you ever been walloped? Just wallop. You ever been walloped? Life is going to wallop you at some point. It's going to hit you, you're, it's going to blindside you, and you're gonna, something is going to happen that you never thought would happen. Something is going to happen that is going to take you deeper into sorrow and despair. And str- I'm not trying to be a pessimist. What I'm trying to say is this is reality. This is life, isn't it? And when life wallops you, when life happens, you would think that you and I, being smart people would do whatever it took to minimize the damage during that time, that we would do whatever it takes to cut our losses and just deal with it emotionally and to be able to successfully survive through that. But instead of doing that, what do we do? We make it worse. We do something stupid. Oh, I need comfort. I need to, I need to do this and that. And, 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 and we do something stupid that actually makes it worse. Instead of, instead of just saying, all right, the damage is done. This is how much damage there is. I'm going to cut my losses and I'm just going to move on and find healing and find survival. Instead of doing that, we just make it worse. But when you have a life of meaning and purpose, that's not how you respond to problems in life. You're able to bear pain and all the realities of this world with success. And instead of life making you bitter and resentful and maliciously passing that pain on to others, you find yourself living a life of meaning and purpose that overrides the pain, that allows you to move past the pain and struggles of this life into something that's called love. And you're able to love the people around you and even God even more. It's a whole different response to life. And listen, you know that you have, out, that you have found your God-given purpose in life when that purpose outweighs all of your pain. So let me ask you, the pain that you've struggled with in your life, how are you dealing with it? Has the purpose and meaning of your life overridden that? 
or are you still wallowing in what walloped you? The Apostle Paul found his purpose in life, and he wrote a lot about it. I want to read from you or to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to go through that whole chapter today. And he begins this chapter with this. Since God has so generously let us in on what he's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. Now, I want to read the NIV version to you. It said, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Through God's mercy, we have this ministry, and because of that, we don't lose heart. And the message version said, since God has so generously let us in on what he's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. So Paul's attitude was, wow, God has been so good to let me be a part of this that I'm not going to give up during the hard times. What is the ministry that he gave him? The ministry is the message of Christ. He said, God has so graciously allowed me to be a part of his ministry, the message of Christ. You see, Paul knew that there is life in the message, not just for him, but for others. And he was able to share that message with others. He, was, he saw that as a privilege, as an honor, that God let me in on this. God allowed me to be a part of this, and he recognized the great honor of sharing Christ with others. God shared that message with him, and he shared it with others. It's beautiful. Have you considered how God has opened this up for you to be a part of this? And what an amazing thing it is for you to be a part of his message? Have you thought about how big, big of a deal that is? God, the living, awesome, almighty God, the creator, the almighty, his majesty of majesties, right? The King of kings and Lord of lords, God, the creator of the universe and beyond, the ruler of the universe and beyond, God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, He has invited you and He said, I want you to be a part of my purpose in my life. My purpose. God says this is my, His purpose. And he says, I invite you to be a part of that. And Paul picked up on that. And he was like, man, God has so graciously allowed me to be a part of his purpose in his life. And this is becoming my purpose in my life. And he went on to say, he says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't tr twist God's word to, to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out and open. The whole truth is on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. What is Paul saying? He's saying, my pain is on full display. I'm sitting in prison today. I'm writing this while I'm in jail. And you guys can see my life is, a, is bare before you. I'm not some successful, amazing evangelist or anything like that. I'm sitting in jail while I'm doing this. My life is on display for you. I'm not pretending. I don't dress it up. I'm not pretending that I'm just being an optimist and I'm happy. I'm telling you that everything that has happened to me is because of Jesus and I'm trusting him through this. So Paul is what? He's presenting reality that this life is hard. Has anybody here found out that this life is hard? It's hard. And he says, we're not going to pretend that it's not. I'm not going to pretend that there's not problems. I'm not going to pretend that people are people. 
or aren't people. And Paul is presenting reality, and he's no exception to the rule. And I say the same to you, to you today. You guys know my life is on full display right now, right? It's not easy. And I can see your life. And I know that it's not easy. You share with me your struggles and your problems. We don't pretend our way through this, do we? We're like a bunch of animals on the ark. And you know, I think it's interesting that God didn't have Noah build a cruise liner. He had him build an ark for the animals to get on. And they hung out together and they made it safely to the other side of that storm. And that's us together. We're just a bunch of animals trying to make it, right? But God elevates us to more than that. And he says, I want you to live above that. I want you to be my people. And I want you to have this message that is so beautiful. And I want you to use it. He says, um, if our message is obscure to anyone. In other words, we have a clear message. We're not pretending that, you know, we're happy and, and joyful when we're not. He says, this, is this message, though, is obscure to some people. And he says it's not because we're holding back in any way. It's not that we're not communicating it clearly. It's, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. So if we're not understanding the clear message of Jesus Christ and what he's done, hopefully we're communicating it clearly in this church. Amen. But there are those that don't want to hear the clear message. There are those that don't want to keep it simple. There are those that want to make it more than it really is and, or less than it really is. And he says they want to, they're not giving it the proper attention. And all they have is eyes for the fashionable God of darkness. Who is that? They think he can give them what they want. And that they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone cold blind, stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ, who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. So if your motive of having God in your life is he can give you what you want without you having to believe the truth. then you probably aren't searching after the Almighty God. The Father of darkness is who you're looking for. If you want a God that's just going to give you everything you want without you having to embrace truth, you're looking for the wrong God. If you want to believe bad things are good, you're looking for the wrong God. If you want to believe that good things are bad, you're looking for the, the, the small g God of darkness, right? Which God do you want? And how small in, in purpose is, is a person that fights for the rights of evil? And they find this as their purpose. You can see them in the streets and they hold up signs that say evil things all over them. They've got t-shirts and stuff that say evil things all over them. And this is their purpose in life and this is what we want. 
How small is their purpose? And, and I, can tell you, I can tell you it's not working for them. Why? Because these are the people that go home and lay in bed at night and they feel the pain of their lives. They feel the struggle in their lives. And the truth is, all that they're trying to display in the streets is just masking the pain that they've got. If they feel like there's purpose in this. They feel like there's meaning in this. But they go home and they're struggling and they're still in pain. They're still dealing with whatever happened when they were children. They're still dealing with the problems and struggles and and failures that they have done in their own lives, the pain that they brought on themselves. They're angry with themselves and, and, and they've tried to find this purpose, but it's not working for them. Why? Because it is not God's purpose for their lives. You know, and some of the, sometimes we, we, we feel like, okay, well, I'm going to find purpose in just being a person that says no to everything. I don't know about you, but uh, I like to have people that aren't yes people around me. They tell me things that I need to hear, and I learn from them. So I enjoy that at some level, but here's what I don't like. I don't like being around people that are just looking for something to say no to, because then they make no up. You know what I'm saying? They say stuff just to be contrary. I don't have time for that, to be honest with you. If that's you, no, I'm kidding. I don't have time for that. I just, just saying no, finding reasons to disagree doesn't give you purpose and meaning in life. And there are people that do that towards their parents. There are people that do that towards their church, towards their, 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 their boss. Everything their boss says is just, nope, I'm not going to listen to that. And they turn away from it. What is that? It's just, it's really, it's just rebellion. And that kind of reason goes a long way in destroying the good in our lives. But it's, but it's a fashionable message, isn't it? And people gather around it, ears itching to hear how God's people are not the pure people. How, are we pure? In Christ we are. But in and of ourselves, no, we're not. Anybody among us sinners? Yes, Connie, rave that hand, Connie. (laughs) We are sinners saved by grace. Saved by grace. We have to be careful that we understand that our pain will cause us to find the wrong purposes in our lives. But when you embrace God's message and you embrace His mission, His personal mission, He says, I want you to be a part of this. And when you embrace that, healing comes. Forgiveness fills you for others. And and bitterness and strife and guilt All of it begins to move away and that gets washed out of you. The ability to love with true love begins to fill your heart and your soul and your mind. To love God and to love the people around you. When you embrace God's mission as yours, suddenly your life is changed. Now you can knock yourself out and go and try to find all these other purposes and all these other missions. Try it. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be laying in bed in pain. But God's mission, it does something different with the pain in your life. He says, remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. 
It started when God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ. All bright and beautiful. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. What is he saying? Looking at this physical body, you might not see Jesus in us. Because I'm sitting in jail at the moment, he's saying. You might not see what you think would be God. You might miss the brightness. He says, but we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that because of where we are and how we look. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do. He's like, I don't know what to do about this. I'm sitting in jail. I don't know what to do. But we know that that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we we haven't been broken. We... What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in in on the best. We're not keeping this quiet, not on on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so so I said it. We say that we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside we're God, where God is making life new, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see are now here, are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will last forever. What is he saying? He's saying the purpose and, and meaning that God has given into my life Through this message of sharing it with others, he's saying all of this pain absolutely means nothing compared to that. The surpassing greatness of having this meaning and purpose in my life is way bigger than any pain that I could ever experience. That's what Paul found. And I'm telling you, I have found that in my own life. And I hope that you have too. Paul is talking about being farsighted. Believing. Believing what? That will last forever. Believe it. And trusting. Trusting what? That God is making new life. And he's talking about it being inside of us. Do you believe that? Do you trust that? And he says, so we're not giving up. How could we? How could we? Even though... On the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. Can't tell you how many times through the years people have looked at us and thought, oh, God's not in that. If God was in it, he wouldn't be doing this. Do you all remember the Music Academy? Hated that place. Hated that place. 
Tiffany's water broke. <laughs> Hated that place. Oh, if God's in this, we wouldn't have to be at this place. The restroom was in the back of the sanctuary. Oh. God's not in this. Baby was born. He doesn't have a place to be tonight. Had to go into some cave. Wrap him up in rags. God's not in this. I mean, he gets hung on a cross. Between two thieves? Surely that's not God. And Paul, in other places, he talks about how he'd been shipwrecked, left for dead, beaten by religious people nonetheless, rocked. God wouldn't be in that. And all the while he was, Jesus comes riding into town. It's supposed to be some triumphal entry. Everybody was so excited. Jesus has come into town. They handed out palm branches. Everybody wave these as we sing. And Jesus rounds the corner and his feet are dragging on the ground riding a mule. <laughs> Surely that wouldn't be God. Surely he would ride a stallion into town. Paul found the meaning of life, purpose. Not only that, but he found the greatest that there is. And this purpose is so huge, it's so magnificent that God himself says, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to love people. And I'm going to die for them. And I'm going to raise back to life so that I can empower them to be mine. And I will give them the same purpose that I myself have. In your pride, you could easily say, well, if that's as small as God's purpose is, I mean, He's the God of the universe and beyond. If that's as small as, I don't really have anything to do with Him. Really? Have you lived the life of God? How do you know that this isn't worth doing? And I would say this, that if God Almighty, the King of kings and Lord of lords and ruler of all of the universe and beyond, if he says, this is worth doing, then I probably would do well to listen to that. Because he's behind every rock. He has seen the depths of the oceans. He named the stars and put them in the sky. 
And if he who has done all of that says, this is what is worth doing in this life. And if you will in, 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 in embrace this and do something like I'm doing with your life, then your pain and your strife and your struggles will just dissipate in comparison to it. But if you want to wallow in what's walloped you, knock yourself out. But I'm 51 years old and I'm ready to live a life of victory the rest of my life. Whether it's a month or 20 or 30 or 40 years, I'm going to live in victory. And that's a choice that I've made. And I'm going to live with this message in my life as the primary source of healing and health and restoration to deal with bitterness and struggle and anything that I go through. That's my choice. And that's what you're invited to as well. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, I can't impress this on you strongly enough. God is looking over your shoulder, Timothy. This is a young pastor. He says, Christ himself is the judge with the final say on everyone, living and dead. Now listen, he's talking about everyone here. That includes you and me, right? He's about to break into the open with his rule, to proclaim the message with intensity. So proclaim the message with intensity. He says, Timothy, proclaim this message with intensity. Let the people know, let your people know that this is serious business. Keep on your watch, challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple, Timothy. You're going you're gonna to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions, and tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, Timothy, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. You take over. He's saying, I'm about to die, Timothy. I'm going to hand this off to you. You take this over. My life is an offering on God's altar. This is the only race worth running. Paul found what was worth living for. He also found what was worth dying for. And he found something that overrode all of the problems and pain and struggles and strife in his life. Even his own mistakes. If you read Romans chapter 7, you see where Paul just struggled and struggled with sin in his life. Just like you and me. And he found something. And it was proclaiming the message of Christ. He says, I've run hard. Right to the finish. Believed all the way. All that's left now is the shouting, God's applause. Depend on it. He's an honest judge. He'll do right not only by me, but by everybody, everyone that's eager for his coming. That's you and me. So I ask the question, what could you do today that would make your life worth living? What could you change today? Are you tired of the pain? Are you tired of living in the past? Are you tired of being stuck? Maybe you've tried purpose. Maybe you've tried the wrong purpose. Maybe you've gathered your stuff and you went out to the streets and done whatever you can to try to feel like you've got purpose. But I guarantee you, 
at the end of the day, you still lay your head down and go, man, why am I here? Why do I still feel this pain? Would you bow your heads? So it's one thing to accept Christ into your life. That's good. You can pray a simple prayer and say, yeah, I've accepted Jesus into my life. But it's a whole other thing to do what Jesus actually invited you to do, and that is to follow him. Follow him. And following means that you say, okay, God, I take your purpose and make it mine. I want to walk hand in hand with you. I want to do what you want me to do with the rest of my life. And I want my life to be meaningful. And so, God, I hand over my pain and my struggles and my heartache. And I ask you to help me as I begin to move in a new direction in my relationship with you. I want your purpose in my life to mean everything. Give it to him. Are you trying to mask your pain with something else? Maybe a substance, maybe a drug, maybe some other agenda that seems to give you meaning? God says, I have something else for you. Would you take it today and do something with it? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your purpose and we thank you for your meaning in our lives. Thank you for this wonderful message of hope. Maybe you're here today and you have not accepted Christ into your life. Here's what it looks like. You just say, God, I want you in my life. I invite you into my life. In Jesus. In Jesus' name, I invite you into my life. And I ask you to teach me who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And I want to accommodate for you in the, for the rest of my life. And I turn my life over to you now. In Jesus' name. I want to follow you. Thank you. Thank you, God. And God, I pray right now that maybe there's some healing that's taken place. Somebody's taken up their cross and going to follow you. Embracing the message of Christ. Sharing it with others in Jesus' name.